Hi there. Hello, friend. You're listening to The Spare on the air. On the internet. I am Gary. And I am Andrew. And today we have a special guest. We have Victoria Vark. From Iowa. Iowa. Wow. <laughs> and to introduce Victoria, we're playing her song Radio Silence off her self-titled EP. But before that, we are playing a song by the Spare Alumni, Sour Widows, who have a brand new EP out. Yes, the EP is called Crossing Over, and we're playing the song Bathroom Stall off of it. Yes. It's a song that makes me feel a little tender. Make you feel a little something, something? I feel a little something, a little tender only when I listen to this song. Oh. Like a little chicken tender on the Chuck E. Cheese plate? No, the chicken tender was not on the Chuck E. Cheese plate. The chicken tender was with the mac and cheese. The chocolate chips was on the Chuck E. Cheese plate. With the milk in the Chuck E. Cheese cup. Excuse me. My bad. You're, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's not bad. The big list of tunes we got today. So let's get to it. Yes. On the spare. On the air. On BFF. FM.
Hi there! Hello everyone! You're listening to Despair on the Air on the internet. I'm Gary. And I'm Angie. And today we have with us the musician known as Victoria Vark. Let's say hello to Victoria Park! Hello! It's me, Victoria, aka Victoria Vark. And we're so excited to chat with you today. And I guess the best place to jump right in is how'd you get started making music when you first pick up that bass guitar? Ooh, okay. So we're going to have to go back a little further than that. So I started playing music um, when I was about four. My mom's side of the family is really musical. So like her sister, so my aunt, went to Juilliard for like classical piano and someone else was like a composer um, a while before that. So they were just like, you know what, you're just going to play music and that's going to be cool. So I started playing piano when I was really young and then when I was about nine I was like electric guitar seems cool so and my parents were surprisingly on board with that so I started taking electric guitar lessons and then I did like an ensemble program when I was young as well um and they needed a bass player for a song and I was like that seems fun um, and then I fell in love with bass, and it became my primary instrument ever since. So now I'm 22, so I guess I'm trying to like do the math in my head. I guess that's 11 years now of bass guitar, but yeah. Awesome. And, Victoria, when you yes. were 18, what bands did you go crazy over, and did that impact the way that you make music today? Okay, so I was such a weird kid. Um, like, the first band that I got, like, crazy over was uh, Neutral Milk Hotel when I was, like, 12 yes. and 30. <laughs> and, like, 13, there's a video of me on, like, VH1, and they ask me what my favorite band is, and I say Neutral Milk Hotel, and it's, like... I just, uh, I was such a weird 12-year-old. I'm wearing, like, a blazer. Like, I didn't yes. really, like, <laughs> did not know how to fit in at the middle school. Um, and I saw their, like, reunion tour with my mom, like, in Jersey City, which is a few hours from where I live. And I just remember sobbing obnoxiously, Aww. like, the entire time. So, yeah, I think, like, from the very get-go, very much into, like, the indie folk thing for a while. And I think even if I don't listen to that as much these days, I think it um, impacts my songwriting and, like, you can hear the traces of it uh, definitely still there. That's awesome. So how'd you end up on VH1? Um, through that same, like, ensemble program, I don't know, they just, like, came to the school to, like, do their, I don't know, like, VH1 countdown or whatever. So, yeah, <laughs> a lot of royalty-free music all over the place. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I love, though, too, like, how you were like, I had the blazer on stuff, because, like, that's so that really paints a picture. <laughs> Were you really into like concept albums? Because I know their most popular album is more of like a conceptual album, or like was it more so like like you said, like the indie folk of it? I think I was too young to really understand concept albums. Yeah. <laughs> and in like their true form and and like all of the meanings of it. Um, but I, I remember liking the songwriting and just like some of those one-liner lyrics being like, wow, that's a really good lyric. Um, 
and yeah, I was really into bright eyes and, and all of that stuff too. So I guess a mix, yeah. Awesome. And that kind of leads me right into my next question is, can you walk us through your writing process and like kind of how you develop that? So when I write or the, the past few songs that I've written, it started kind of in two ways. Like I would start with like these lyrics that I would be writing on my phone and then I would be at the same time like experimenting with bass lines on bass in kind of separate processes and then um, trying to do a little bit of mixing and matching to like which lyrics would fit which bass lines and how to shape a melody kind of around it and then um, going back and like filling in the the rest of the song um, and then once that's done like bringing it to a band and uh, working through the like the dynamics and the rest of the parts um, with them and yeah so that's I really want to expand my writing process and try out different things like radio silence I wrote I wrote on guitar and I really want to try like write on other instruments and try different approaches to songwriting because I think you can get different songs out of them yeah awesome cool do you know any piano and I feel like I've heard that like some people will write a song on piano even if it's like then transferred to like guitar or like multi-instruments or like would like is that something you would be interested in like you said like kind of learning how to like write a song on one instrument but transfer it to like different ones yes absolutely i remember like my piano teacher would describe the piano as like a musical computer because it has such a large range and so if you're thinking about writing for a lot of different parts it's a great instrument to do so and also a great way of like visualizing music and because it's only linear and not like guitar based where it's like um the notes like like each string would be kind of like its own piano if that makes sense um so yeah i think it would be great to get back into that especially having like been removed um from my classical training for a number of years and being able to be a little bit more free free with piano because i've forgotten some of it <laughs> definitely that's awesome. I always wish I would have learned to do piano. Did you, you didn't do piano either, did you, Gary? No, that's similar to the violin in terms that's of reading true. music. Mm. Did you ever try to write a song for the violin or were you just purely playing it as I'm it merely just a player. That's all right, too. <laughs> and speaking of playing music, what were some of the first venues or places you played at where you felt truly comfortable? And who were some of the first people you played alongside with? What made you feel inspired as a musician? Yeah, so both of those are related. Um, so my friend Phil, shout out Phil, um, had a small like basement venue at his parents' house when we were in high school, like very lax parents. Um, and that was really the first like experience I had in DIY. It wasn't really tied to a lot of like networks of touring bands or anything like that and you know in the middle of the suburbs um but it was a really cool place to be able to play with like my high school band and like see what people were doing in music around me um and so at those shows i would often play with my friends uh jason ross and gavin kane who are still in my band to this day um and have been like 
in the very first bands I've been playing with. So um, yeah, it's really nice to have that deep tie to like home and childhood even now. I've had some guests recently too have talked about like, you know, oh, I still play with so-and-so. They're like my lifeline. I, you know, they've been in my life for such a long time now. So it's good to see friendship thriving. <laughs> yeah, it's really sweet. I love stories like that. Yeah, bringing your your friends to the big leagues. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And then you were able to do a short solo tour in early 2020. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that went for you? It was your first tour as just um, Victoria Vark, correct? Yes. Um, yeah, it was my very first tour. Um, I was booking it throughout the fall of that year, I think, um, and a little bit in January. Um, and it felt very, I felt like when I was booking it, I just didn't really know how to do it. I i would like ask friends in those cities. I'd be like, how do I, like, can you help me get a show here? Mm -hmm. um, and they were very sweet and were able to help. And then I booked one show for that tour, which was the Baltimore show I did with Pink Shift and Pen Palindrome and Leisure Sport. And it was such a great experience. I went with an old friend of mine, Jeff, and I feel like I made friends at every show I played. And I feel like that was a huge um success of like meeting other people in DIY and then through them meeting their friends and just like expanded my network exponentially um and we actually didn't lose any money on that tour it was um a really big success in that way so you know I couldn't be happier even though it was short and right before the world ended that's, <laughs> that's awesome. so good to hear I mean so so many times we hear like yeah we broke even or yeah, we lost money, but it was worth, you know, so that's really good to hear a financial success. How much Taco <laughs> Bell was consumed? No Taco Bell. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that must be the first ever in tour history. <laughs> I love Taco Bell. Chipotle used to do this thing where, like, if you were like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm in a band and we're on tour, you can get, like, free food, but I don't know if they still do that. Um but probably yeah. not right now but another guest brought that up as well where they're like oh we were like embarrassed to try it because it's so awkward but we went in can we said we're a band and like we showed evidence that we were a band <laughs> like they had a flyer or something and they were like okay what do you want <laughs> <laughs> it's great we did that i did that on a squirrel flower tour um one of the diy ones and we ate Chipotle like two days in a row and then after that we were like we're so sick of Chipotle <laughs> That's so cool that they do that. I mean, yeah. but like it should be advertised probably a bit more, but it's a, I guess it's a little scene secret. Yes. <laughs> can't blow um, up the spot. Can't blow up the spot of Chipotle. <laughs> um, and then as you mentioned, Squirrel Flower, who you tour with, um, your tour with Squirrel Flower for 2020, after your solo tour was tragically cut really short due to the pandemic. Um, and we were curious, if it had not been, which cities were you most looking forward to, like, playing? 
And then once touring is safe again, what cities would you love to visit and tour? And then I know when you were abroad in Paris, you got to play there. And so this is the long three-part question, but kind of what was it like to perform a show abroad as well? Yeah, so the thing I was looking forward to most on the 2020 tour was South by Southwest because it was also going to be my 21st birthday. I know. And like, I looked at the schedule and I was going to turn 21 at midnight at the Polyvinyl Showcase during Great Grandpa's set. And uh, I just think about what could have been. I, whichever me in an alternate universe got to do that, I hope she had fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I was also really excited about going to um, LA because I have never played a show there. And I think I was going to have some family come. And we were also planning on stay, like visiting Joshua Tree since we had a day off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just excited for a magical time. And also going to uh, Montreal because I've also never played a show in Canada. And I think it would have been such a fun place to be, especially as a French speaker, which ties into the third part of the question. Um, Playing a show in Paris was so fun. I met um, this friend of mine named Enzo on Tinder um, because he like saw that I put my band camp in my bio and we liked similar music um, and so he DM'd me and we started hanging out and then when this other band that I booked the show with dropped, I asked him i was like hey i know you play music do you want to play this show with me and they were like yeah let's do it so they brought like all of their friends and then it was a bunch of like abroad students that me and my band knew and my friends who were au pairs in paris and all of their au pair friends um and it was so fun it was the most packed and sweaty show i've ever played which is kind of wild um, and yeah, it's just like one of the most memorable parts of my abroad experience. And I guess the last part of the question, I am definitely most looking forward to playing in New York again for a lot of the friends that I have there, regardless of if I decide to move back or not. I think it'll be just a lot of fun to see people. Um, and I really want to play a house show in Boston. Um, I have a lot of friends moving there, and the scene is so sick. And really just anywhere, like anywhere that has a crowd and just really excited to be on the road again. Yeah, and we hope you're able to come to LA soon. Me Um, too. (laughs) Definitely a lot of sentiment this year has been meeting new people, but then being like, well, hopefully you can come out sometime. Like, I was planning on it, and... But... hopefully one day yeah would you ever write a song in french i don't know i think i'm too nervous okay (laughs) it is easier to rhyme things in french because like most of the words are more regular than like english words but i also don't i think like i'm not a a poet (laughs) in the (laughs) french language (laughs) well maybe one day yes (laughs) and we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more chat with Victoria Vark on the spare on the air 
Thanks for listening to the first half of our interview with Victoria Vark. We got a big old chunk of tunes. Big old chunk. We got Heard the Fly by Squirrel Flower. A recent single. And then we have a pick from Victoria from the band Blue Seven Corners. And then we have a song called New Jersey by Blue Deputy. And then we have a pick called Steady from Alan Leroy Hug, a recent single. And uh, you know who is in Alan Leroy Hug, Angie? A Despair alumni. Yes, Tennessee Kamansky is part of the band and the Despair alumni. Very, very cool. And to finish off our block, we have another pick from Pictoria. A Pictoria pick. <laughs> <laughs> from the band Cooney. The song Kim Pine. Parentheses, everyone needs a Scott Pilgrim reference. Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat. Ah. ah. Thank you for listening. To the Spare on the Air on BFF.fm.
Just wait and see.
And we are back. And we are back with our pal Pictoria Vark. Hello. <laughs> we're jumping right back in. Before the break, we're talking about shows. So, Victoria, would you care to talk about your favorite gig memory? Ooh, like show that I've played or show that I've seen? Both would be cool. Perfect. Okay. Um, I guess my favorite show that I've seen is a two-part question. So I, when I was in high school, I skipped prom to see JSOM, Dirty Projectors, and Kamazi Washington. What? Ooh. Yeah. JSOM played a pretty Dirty Projectors. That's kind of an odd like lineup, a little bit, right? Or no? Right? Yeah, it's a okay. little bit out of left field, and I think that's what I loved about it. I was just like, when else are you going to see a bill like that? Yeah. Um, and I also skipped prom weekend, and my bass teacher is in the band Thursday. Um, like 2000s hardcore band, um, and they were playing with Pup, Jeff Rosenstock, and the Hotel Year. Oh, sh- that's a wow. stack. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got to go like on the stage for that show. That's so cool. And that was just unbelievably cool. And yeah, really cool to see like my bass teacher rocking out. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. So also wait, Thursday, are, yeah. that band Thursday? Yeah. The one that was in Tony Hawk? Were they in Tony Hawk? They did a cover, like it was like they had like a lot of, they had a lot of punk bands on the, on the American Wasteland soundtrack who did covers of like punk songs. Oh and I gosh. think they did a cover of Ever Fallen In Love. And that was a good cover. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that prob- that sounds like them. That's so cool. I have I have to check that out. Oh my gosh, that is really <laughs> cool. I love when teachers like have lives and like show their lives. It makes it just so much more comfortable. I remember having a teacher in ninth grade, math teacher, who she was so cool. She had like a nose ring and she wore like Vans and she had like a flag for the band Lydia in her classroom. And like me and all the other little emo girlies would like sit at the, like with her like after class and be like, "What's your favorite band? Will you go any shows lately?" Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, and I remember like I had just gotten my nose pierced too, and I'm like, "Look!" And she's like, "Pretty rad, girl." It was like really nice. It's so sweet, and I'm like on the other end of that now because like I started teaching bass to a few kids, and like they'll come up to me or you know they're just like really cool and they're like yeah i really like be doobie and yeah. <laughs> and like the cure and i'm like you're so cool you're like 14. <laughs> i love it it's awesome i wish i remembered that teacher's name too because not only was she like a rad individual I remember telling her too, I'm like, you're the first teacher you ever make me like feel comfortable and like confident in math. And she's like, wow, that means a lot. I'm like, yeah, you're the only teacher who like knows how to teach math decently. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you she, gotta yeah. go find her. <laughs> yeah, she and like one professor in college are the teacher, the only teachers who have ever made me feel like I can do math. That's so important I and know. very sweet. Punk math teacher. <laughs> we need more of them. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and then we were curious, 
Um, from your repertoire, which song would you say is your favorite to perform, or one that you feel like the audience like always goes, like really connects with? You know, like what is kind of like when you make a set list, like your go-to? Yeah. So I guess my favorite song to play for people is. Teenage Malaise, which is actually one of my least favorite songs that I've written. I'm just like, oh my god, these lyrics are so much, and um, you know, it's like this is so um angsty. <laughs> but people love the chorus and will like scream the chorus with me, and Aww. I think that's the like most fun part. Yeah. So I've started like closing my sets with that more and more, um, and I feel like it's a it's a nice flow. That is cool. Are there any songs though, like you said, that one is like your least favorite to play, but you enjoy playing it for the like because everybody has a really good reaction to it. Is there any song that like it's just your favorite song of the ones you had? And I know it's hard because like they might be all like your children, but <laughs> is there anyone that just really, really like you're like, oh my gosh, this one is like what is that word? Cathartic to play. Yes, so I have this one song that's not out yet, but I play it live, um, and it's called Wyoming, and it's my favorite song that I've written, and has a 100% reaction rate of like, this is a banger, so that's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it just feels really great and cathartic to play. Awesome. Cool. So Victoria, you and Lou did a cover of Fossil People's Pumped Up Kicks for the Precious Bitch Presents Gossip Girl compilation that we've talked about a lot on the show. We were curious if you were able to make a concept album or your own con cover compilation based on your favorite TV show or movie, what sort of tracks would you put on it? This is a great question. Um, and yeah, that cover compilation was so fun to make. Um, I have to admit, I actually have never watched Gossip Girl. I just really liked the <laughs> soundtrack and the people doing it. So I was like, let's do it. Um, <laughs> so if I were to make one for a show or a movie, there's so many good ones. I I would love to do like a Charlie XCX cover comp, even though that's not like a, a movie or a TV show, but love Charlie. And then I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a movie soundtrack okay my favorite all-time uh movie soundtrack is twilight new moon so a twilight new yes. moon yes. cover soundtrack would be iconic i don't think i've seen yet anybody do a twilight music compilation cover compilation yet it could happen <laughs> it could happen and it should happen because like with the twilight renaissance going on i'm surprised I wonder if it has something to do with, like, I don't know the specifics behind, like, getting the licensing and whatever, but if you put it for charity, I think that's what it's easier. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, this all this money going to charity or for free or... Yeah. yeah, so it's like no one's making money off of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that leads me into my next question, which is, are there any songs yet that you haven't covered that you really, really want to? Yes, so I've been thinking a lot about this because... Uh, thinking ahead like beyond the album that I'm finishing I'm like what like post-release material do I want to do and like cover seems like an easy one and I really want to cover So Yesterday by Hilary Duff 
so badly. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, with the Y2K renaissance and everything. Yeah, that's definitely on my, like, number one on my list. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds so good. I like that. What's the song where she's like, let the rain fall down? Yeah. Come clean. Ooh. Oh, so good. Yeah. We also talked about Very Hillary. recently, very recently, I don't remember, like, if it was like on the program or if it was like just between friends, but I asked her, I'm like, who was like your first celebrity crush? Oh, that was the intro Hillary. of Lost <laughs> Okay. Gary's like, Hillary Duff. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then Gary's like, what about you? And then I'm like, probably a cartoon. A little embarrassing. Yeah. Honestly, if I think hard enough about it, I think it was the Australian kid from Codename Kids Next Door. You don't know. He like wore the horn orange hoodie and he had like he was a fucking cartoon. Um, so Victoria bangs. <laughs> so Victoria, we're gonna ask you this question right now. We're gonna detour. Yeah. When you're young, what was your fictional slot or real celebrity crush? I like how you said what <laughs> instead of who <laughs> Um, I think I definitely like had a crush on Ali and AJ. Oh. Like, yes. both of them. Yeah. And also, I don't know, like, maybe Joe Jonas. Like, I remember he was my favorite Jonas brother, but I was like, I guess he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I think that's, like, a common ex- experience when you're little. It's like, all the other little girls would be like, he's so cute. And then you'll be like, I guess, to, like, fit in with the group. But then you're later, you're like, ugh. That was like me in <laughs> fifth grade and everybody's like, Sasuke. And I was like, Sasuke's mean. You guys are warped. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, y'all are ho- like, Sasuke's mean. They're like, but he's so cute. And I'm like, mm. like the bad boys. Yeah, he's a little too bad for me. But now I am, um, I see him in more m- maternal light. I'm like, that's my bad child. <laughs> that's my boy that needs to be put on a leash <laughs> but anyway um, childhood is a weird time yes. a weird and, time for sure and on to our real question are there any local artists artists you play alongside with or just enjoy who you like our li- listener to know about yes um so my favorite band ever is this band from chicago called half gringa um, who I played a show with once in Des Moines, um, and Izzy's songs are just so good. Think like Phoebe Bridgers, but even more heart-wrenching. Um, (laughs) just like they hurt so good. Um, and yeah, just like one, every time I listen to her albums, I'm like, how is this band not famous? Um, so every, like, everyone should listen to half gringa um yeah you should definitely also check out my bandmates music um so jason who plays guitar for me has a band called moon sandland um that i play bass for sometimes and my friend gavin kane has a project of his own called gavin kane (laughs) and also he has another he has so many bands um but like on his like Boston DIY noise label called Denizen Records, he also has this other project called At Stan's Briss, um, which has some really cool music too. So yeah, those are some of my recs. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. 
And then we were curious, a lot of artists now have been taking advantage of TikTok to promote their music, and we were curious if you had any experiences using the platform. If you think it's a great way to reach out, if you think it's just goofy and fun, or if you're like, damn, I hate this, and I hate using social media, um, what's kind of your take on it? And you can go broad and if you want, and your general experience using social media as, like, a musician, like, is it, like, just something you have to do, or do you find it beneficial? Yeah, so I was on TikTok, and I was trying to do the TikTok thing, and the algorithm just wasn't working for me like it wasn't pushing it to anyone's for you page like even people i follow like that followed Mm -hmm. me and i was getting so frustrated and like beating myself up over it so i took a break but um i like deleted my old account and made a new one so maybe i'll try again to see (laughs) um try to reap some of the benefits because i think it really is helping artists like a lot of the time you would have to go through these more traditional methods like spend thousands of dollars on press so you can maybe yeah. get on like pitchfork or stereogum um but this way like you can just go directly to an audience and if they're re- like like it and are receptive to it like they'll just listen to your music and that's so cool um i've also like been able to grow my listenership through getting added to like TikTok playlisters playlists um so people who are like i guess spotify influencers is the best yeah, way to it's like describe it yeah. it's new and interesting it's kind of odd yeah yeah it's such an interesting landscape because also like again like before when editorial playlisting was becoming popular it's like you're either going through spotify if you know spotify will let you or through like again traditional press engaging with playlisting but this is also just like user generated um playlists and that playlist that over time can grow a lot so the playlist i got added to had like maybe a couple hundred followers when i first got added and now it has like over a thousand that's Um, awesome yeah, so it's definitely been a great way to engage and like grow listenership. Um, and then for social media in general, I'm really big on Twitter. <laughs> like that's my main source of um, using the internet. And I think that has definitely been helpful, like in terms of just meeting other bands and people in music. Um, and yeah, just like finding a network of people, especially in these times when you can't go to shows and meet people at shows. Definitely. No, and I agree about the TikTok. I follow a bunch of people on there and like, they don't show up on the For You page and people are like, oh, you can go to a following page. But it's like, well, if you follow somebody who posts like every day, like five times a day, you're just going to see their stuff. And then like, you know, for people who post maybe like once a week, it's it's a kind of, it's a pretty imperfect system. And I don't understand why it's like, like it should like, try I don't know it's weird it's very yeah. weird algorithm I mean for the most part it does show me a lot of stuff I really do want to see but then it's like well it's it's so odd because sometimes people have like millions of views on one video and then all their others are pretty low and it's like well what's driving that yeah exactly it's such a mystery and it's so 
like high effort too. Mm -hmm. um, like you can just spend all day making one TikTok. Oh yeah, for it to like yeah. flop, and it's like oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty weird system in general. But yeah, I noticed too the whole new like playlist influencers thing. It's so recent too because I only recently started seeing those TikToks maybe in like late fall where they're like hi you know like here's the playlist i made and here's some artists on it you should listen to and like dang everybody's an influencer now yeah it's wild definitely is it time it's time gary it's time victoria you ready yes can you please define your perfect bagel okay so i'm from outside new york so i'm a little bit picky but I am just a fan of very simple, everything bagel, toasted with cream cheese. That's perfect. <laughs> Short, simple, sweet. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very then, important. <laughs> very important. Too much sometimes you take away. You take yeah. away from the, the taste. Especially when you go for the everything bagel, like it has everything. What more mm -hmm. could you want? <laughs> exactly. Um, and as we wrap up our conversation, I have three questions. The first of which is, if you work on any other artistic pro projects, let us know. Plug them now. Um, anything else? Or are you just focused on, on music right now? Yeah, mostly doing music right now. Um, I am in the works of an album that should hopefully come out one day soon <laughs> um so yeah be sure to be on the lookout for that awesome and then um is there anything forthcoming right now pictoria bark anything we should be on the lookout for any updates yeah uh nothing announced at the moment but definitely have some stuff cooking in yeah just like in the works Awesome. And then, so people can see those updates when they come, where can everybody find you on the internet? Yes, so my um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are Pictoria Vark. Um, and I guess on TikTok, if I ever decide to post again. Um, and uh, you can check out my music on Spotify, Apple Music, um, as Pictoria Vark and Bandcamp. PictoriaVark.Bandcamp.com Awesome. awesome well we've had such a really good time chatting with you and laughing with you today we thank you so much for coming on the program thank you so much for having me this has been so fun and y'all are so lovely oh thank yeah. you and thank you are lovely as well thank you and thank you listener for listening and stay tuned for some more show on despair on the air Bye bye And that concludes our episode with Victoria Vark. Don't Ew. forget to visit the gift shop. I already <laughs> made this. I already made this joke last time, like it's okay. a while ago. It's a good one. It's a good one. And thank you for listening. And we have three tunes to play us out. The first of which is a brand new single from the Fair Alumni Mini Trees, who just recently signed with Run for Cover. The song is called Spring. Spring. It's it is spring. It sure is, Gary. And then we got a song by Christelle Bofale called Miles.
And then we're ending off the program with a pick from Pictoria called 40 by Half Gringa. Yes. Thank you, as always, for listening. And we are wrapping up our spring season. we got about two episodes left. Yes, yes, yes. Don't forget to send us a hug. Yes. Please. Or <laughs> the internet. Or a nice crispy meme. Nice meme. Send to us at The Spirit on the Air on social media. Yes, yes, yes. And you get a hug back. You should do. Thank you. For listening to The Spirit on the Air on BFF.
put the brakes down, I put the brakes down, I put the brakes down before we break down. Put the brakes down, I put the brakes down, I put the brakes down before we break down. Put the brakes down, put the brakes down, I put the brakes down before we break down.
Listen to BFF.FM